0: This week, we begin a new book, Deuteronomy. Uh, It is the Latin for second telling. And it is Moses, before sending the Israelites across the Jordan River to the Promised Land, who is giving a second telling of the first four books of Torah. Yet, don't be fooled by a second telling. It is not a repeat of the first four books. The book of Deuteronomy reinforces the human imprint on this sacred text, the imprints of our biblical writers channeled through the voice of Moses. Retelling a story is more than repeating a story. It gives the storyteller the opportunity to weave a narrative that lifts up our most cherished values, like we do for the Passover Seder. We don't just read our story from the Torah. It is written there beautifully. We retell it with creativity and relevance in our day each year. In doing so, a retelling often directly contradicts the values expressed within the very same Torah scroll. Let me give you two examples, then offer my own contribution to the retelling of our story. Moses, as we remember earlier in the book of Exodus, made two trips up Mount Sinai, two trips to receive the Ten Commandments. The first set should sound familiar, but let me read it to you anyways. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods besides me. Do not make yourself a carved idol or any likeness of any image of God. You shall not take the name of God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your fellow. You shall not covet anything that is your fellows. Sound familiar? So that's the first set, and of course we, we remember what happened as Moses came down the mountain, seeing that in his absence the Israelites had built over those 40 days a golden calf, uh, lost faith in their leader, uh, and he smashed those tablets against the mountain. And back up Sinai, Moses went And we're told that he carved the second set just like the first set, just like the first set. So give a listen. Don't make yourself a molten image of God. Don't fail to observe the festival of matzah, of Pesach, in the month of Aviv. Obey me and eat this matzah for seven days, During the month of Aviv, the firstborn males of your family and of your flocks and herd, you are to give to me. Bring an offering every time you come to worship. Your work in six days will then lead to a day of rest in the seventh. Celebrate the harvest festival, Shavuot, in the spring and celebrate the festival of booths, Sukkot, in the fall. Your men must come to worship me three times a year. When you sacrifice an animal on the altar, don't offer bread made with yeast. I am the Lord your God, and you must bring the first part of your harvest and place it in worship to me. And the tenth, because I know you're keeping count, do not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Exactly Like the first set, yes? (laughs) So for those that shook their head, yes. I appreciate you going along with the rabbi. Uh, But maybe you heard something different. Uh, In fact, the second set, other than don't make a molten image for God and Shabbat, is completely different. It is a set of Ten Commandments focused on holidays, and ritual practice in Judaism. The first set of commandments is based on ethics and behavior. So Moses now, in this second telling, in his instructions, literally his Torah, to the Israelites, in the retelling, equipping them for what he thinks they most need, he draws back to the first set of commandments, And that's why those commandments are the most familiar. The second set is still woven into Torah, yet Moses is reinforcing something very important for us to hear tonight. Holidays, life cycles, and rituals are powerful on their own, yet we miss the point if they are not in service to living ethical value-based lives. The choice of the prophetic reading tonight gives Moses the strongest support imaginable. The prophet Isaiah, in this week's Haftarah, makes it clear that our rituals are meaningless unless they lead to goodness. So listen for a moment to Isaiah this week. What need have I of all your sacrifice? Who asked that of you? Trample my courts no more, bringing oblations is futile. Incense is offensive to me. New moons and Shabbat, proclaiming of solemnities, assemblies, With iniquity, I cannot abide. Your new moons and fixed seasons fill me with loathing. And when you lift up your hands, I will turn my eyes away from you. Though you pray at length, I will not listen. Wash yourselves clean. Put your evil doings away from my sight. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good, devote yourselves to justice, aid the wrong, uphold the rights of the orphan, defend the cause of the widow. Those are the words of Isaiah. So I have to tell you that this has been one of the toughest weeks I have experienced uh, in my life, certainly as a spiritual leader at Temple Solel and in the greater community. Two mass shootings within 13 hours, more migrant families ripped apart with the cameras rolling, more dire reports of the climate crisis at hand, And quite honestly, aside from my sweet bride's birthday yesterday, uh, this has been an awful week. An awful week aside from Nancy's birthday and until 12 o'clock today. So let me share a story. Uh, Yelena, uh, wonderful staff at Solel, Uh, came into my office at noon and said, Rabbi, there is a gentleman who has something for you, said something about uh, something he found in a used suitcase. So needless to say, um, Yelena, please invite this man back to the office. Uh, And the man brought with him uh, an envelope and, I have it in my hands, uh, and he said, um, Rabbi, instead of uh, instead of dropping this off, I wanted to see you in person, and his name is Jim Perrier. and Jim actually may be streaming tonight, and if so, Jim, welcome to our community. Uh, Jim proceeded to tell me that, uh, Rabbi, I bought a uh, a used suitcase a couple weeks ago, uh, and in it, in it, in a zipper pocket that uh, is easy to miss, I found uh, photographs. I found photographs, personal photographs, obviously of, of a family, and I thought somebody is missing these pressured treasures. And, uh, and he said this one, this one card, uh, with looked like a church to him. I know it as a synagogue. A synagogue I served in Petoskey, Michigan, as a student rabbi. And uh, and Jim opened it up uh, to find a note I wrote to my parents of blessed memory over the high holidays. Uh, and. Uh, And he saw, so there's a personal note to my parents, but uh, he had a clue here uh, that at the bottom is Rabbi John, Nancy, and David Linder. And obviously from Temple Beth Israel, but there are a number of Temple Beth Israels in in the world. Uh, But he wanted to find out who do these belong to? and he made phone calls. I don't know how many Temple B'nai Israels he found, Um, and actually a few of them uh, knew that this is such a kind man, and, you know, it's, uh, you're trying your best, but um, you can stop now, and he simply, he simply wouldn't stop, and he saw these pictures of of a young woman, uh, with a husband doing something very strange measuring uh, how pregnant she was, and and the blessing of the little boy who wrote a card, although that was not his infant penmanship, uh, to his grandfather. I can't wait to bounce on your knee even though it's sore. My father of blessed memory did have a sore knee. Uh, and uh, And just these photographs in this envelope of my father and our pudgy little boy growing up and uh, in a card that he wrote, uh, uh, "You are one of two of the nicest grandpas i 've ever had uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and and I thought this. The lengths that this man went to uh, for a perfect stranger, knowing that there was something actually I didn't know was missing. Uh, when Nancy and I were in Buffalo in June, uh, my younger sister Catherine had uh, cleaned out my mother of blessed memories home and had some things for us to uh, for us to divide up as kids, and Nancy and David and I chose a number of things, and we thought, well, there's a suitcase that's missing a wheel. Let's just put everything in that and take it back to, uh, take it back to Arizona. Uh, we didn't need the suitcase, and with other things, a few weeks ago, we gave it away um, for it to come back um, in, in this way. And I got to hear Jim's story, moved here four years ago with his wife uh, for health reasons. And uh, God willing, you'll have an opportunity to, uh, to meet Jim himself. Uh, but it was, I recognized exactly what I needed this week for a perfect stranger for me just appeared like an angel to re-instill my faith in the goodness of humanity. Because with all the Tzorus that there is in the world, and there is plenty of it, uh, we need to be remembered, we need to be reminded of the goodness and Uh, He's a man of faith, belongs to uh, Calvary Baptist Church in Mesa, and I'm looking forward to meeting his pastor, Reverend Wade. Uh, And he'd never seen a Torah scroll open, and it happened that I opened it up, and it was just to the words of the priestly benediction, which, of course, he has heard his whole life, never in Hebrew, mind you, Uh, But he loved hearing the words in Hebrew. And then, may God bless you and keep you. May God's countenance shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God bless you with peace. And with that, we just spent a moment before the Bema. and, And that was my angel today. So as a country and as a world community, uh, we cannot and will not put our heads in the sand and look the other way from the issues that plague our world. But God knows if if we can put a man on the moon, we can focus all of our goodwill just take the gym per years of the world and just channel that and uh, and there will be uh, there will be light that we may not be able to see. Uh, so I thank God for the angels in our midst and I think of the words from Isaiah Limdu he tev, learn to do good. Well, I tell you, I I learned a lesson today from you, Jim, uh, and that's my retelling.